Hello and welcome to the Bedroom Studios podcast, the podcast where we talk about what goes on behind the scenes in a musician's world and bridge the industry gap by bringing their stories, expertise, and advice to early career artists. Subscribe to join us for a fun chat about life as a creative person, tips and tricks for pursuing an artistic career, navigating the music industry, and more. I am your host, Emma, and today I will be interviewing Brielle Beth. Elizabeth Gabrielle, also known as Brielle Beth, is a pop R&B singer hailing from Jakarta, Indonesia, and now resides in Toronto, Canada. She has a musical upbringing, including advanced training in classical piano, combined with a father who MD'd multiple touring funk, soul, and R&B bands in Southeast Asia. Brielle Beth is a seasoned vocalist, keyboardist, and performer, already at the young age of 23. With mentorship from an experienced producer and connections ranging through the Canadian and Southeast Asian music communities, Brielle Beth is poised to make a serious impact on the pop R&B audiences of today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Bedroom Studios podcast. I'm really excited to have you here and to talk to you more about your music. You have a lot of hats that you wear and you do a lot of things, so I'm, I'm excited to, to learn more about it. Thank you. Me too. I'm excited to be here, for sure. Yeah, so my first question is, um, how did your musical journey start and how did it develop to lead you to where you are now? Okay, um, so I grew up in the musical um, family, I'd say. I'm, I grew up in Ind- Indonesia, Jakarta, um, and as maybe it's a stereotype thing, but like um, my family, my parents put me into classical piano since I was like two years old. So I was knowing music, or I knew music since then. And my dad was a keyboard player in like a soul disco type of band. Um, so throughout my childhood, like I was always in music, I learned classical piano, and then like around like eight nine years old i started to uh just sing along and like you know write like kids songs um but um being in a classical piano lessons i think um it just put me in such a box like i was not i did not know how to like improvise i did not know how to play chords i did not know how to like jam to music it was just like read a book and then play it um so thankfully my dad jumped in and he showed me how to play chords he showed me how to play some r&b ballad songs um so i'm grateful for that i guess he was like a huge kind of influence uh when i was a kid when it comes to music and after that i grew up learning classical piano still um and then i started you know not producing i guess i started writing my own songs uh when i was in junior high school and high school came um and then my dad would invite me to perform in local bands like um in hard rock cafe jakarta or like other cities in indonesia uh to be the keyboard player and sometimes he would like um feature me to be like one of the vocalists and sing my own song so um yeah it was it was a great experience for sure when i was a kid uh but then i moved to canada after i after i graduated high school um and music was not a thing because i didn't have the instruments or nor the facility to make music i only had like a tiny little iPad and I did not know how to produce at that point um, so I was just messing around with GarageBand because <laughs> that was the only tools I had um, so I was just like you know creating the samples or like um, using the GarageBand demo loop or anything like that and then um, you know right on top of it uh, but long story short um, 
after like a year or two years in Canada, I finally met uh, Justinian, which is uh, my main producer right now. And um, ever since then, we've just been working together really closely. Um, he's been my executive producer. Um, he's my mentor and coach too when it comes to like music in North America. Um, he would teach me music lessons, history, theory, and he would remind me um, my music theory, I guess, that I learned back in the day. Um, and ever since then, I just have been really working closely with him. And this is where I'm at right now. So, yeah. That's I hope awesome. that answer your questions. But yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. When you were sort of finding your your style, when you were writing music and finding the type of music that you wanted to make, was that how did you sort of come across that? So yeah, when I was a when I was a kid, I guess my dad would introduce me to like classic R and B ballad tunes. Um, my my classical piano teacher as well, like she would just show me like da- David David Foster. Oh my gosh, English! I'm so sorry. David Foster's <laughs> <laughs> David Foster songs, and I think David Foster was like my one of my biggest influence. And in, in, when it comes to music, like he make timeless songs. Um, he work he composed so many amazing ballad R and B disco track, um, and I really adore you know his art and craft. Um, so I guess like that's kind of how it started, and then um, of course, like as time grows, I grow as well. Like, my taste for music has grown, um, and I, right now where I'm at is like I'm trying to combine uh, my love for old R&B ballad to like more modern R&Bs and pop, um, and I think that's the sound that I'm trying to create. But also like I'm trying to dip in more to like my cultural music, like Indonesian mm-hmm. music. Um, I feel like it could. Real, it could be really great to like kind of combine like you know R&B ballad oh yeah Indonesian classical instruments so we'll see what's gonna happen it's probably in the future soon but yeah yeah that would be really cool yeah <laughs> did you find that there was um a difference between the music scene in Indo- Indonesia and in Canada when you moved was it something you had to adjust to to be honest with you um I was not really in the scene back in Mm. Indonesia like I was part of like you know like my dad's band and we perform sometimes but I didn't understand the business like I didn't understand how to make songs produce it and then release it on Spotify and like all of this digital platforms Um, so I think that the biggest difference is the fact that we live in Toronto which is there are amazing musicians there are you know up and coming and rising from Toronto um, and are more recognized, I guess, I guess, from the North American point of view. Um, so I think that's like the biggest difference here. Like I think there are more competitions when it comes to mm. music in Canada, but also like everybody is like Toronto is really good when it comes to music. So many amazing artists are coming from the city. So I'm just excited to be one of them. You know, at the oh, end yeah, of the day, sure. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, you have recently released a song. I know. Oh no! And, yeah, yeah. I listen to it. It's, I I love it. Oh, thank. It's you. so good. Thank you. Um, and I was hoping we could talk a little bit about that because it's re- very exciting. What was the concept and inspiration for that song? Um, I know it's such um, it's a sassy song. I guess it was like right away earlier in the year I'm gonna put out a song no it's the concept behind it is, is the idea of um, a relationship I guess like where where I feel like I'm giving so 
many chances and opportunities for a person to always screw it up um and i think the song is kind of like a reminder for myself to just say you know enough is enough and um the fact that he's been lying this whole time um and i, I don't i don't want to have anything to do with it anymore it's such a short song uh, a lot yeah. of people come to me and say like why is it so short i think it's such a teaser though because i'm about to put out more of my art um real soon um so i think it's such a teaser but also like i'm planning to make um the extension version of I know, <gasps> so yes. yeah, we're just we're just really excited to like you know keep making the craft. But in in long story short, I know is about me come to realization where, um, you know, enough. This is enough. Like I I don't want to deal with uh, the lies anymore and the headaches anymore, and uh, I'm about to move on. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny because it's it's so short, but when you get to the end of it. Because it's short, it makes you want to go back and listen to it again. <laughs> yeah, this is like my trick. Like, I would just want people to loop it over and over again. Yeah. But, um, no, yeah. I honestly, I, I like, people came to me and said that, why is it so short? And some people complain about it. I'm like, I, I love it, you know? I love how, how simple it is and, like, how, uh, yeah, you can loop it. And I, I love it, mm-hmm. so I don't, I don't apologize for it. I feel like it, it's like an interlude. Exactly, track, exactly. You know? It's like a little teaser, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and when you were planning your release, what sort of things did you consider, and how did how did you plan it in terms of like how you're going to promote uh, the song? Okay, so uh, as I, I mean, I've grown a lot uh, learning about the music industry i think in north america like my first release was in 2022 it's called give me your love um it was featuring my producer justin as well um i didn't understand like that was my very first time ever putting it into distribution and like have my name on it um didn't really understand what's going on i just kind of you know youtube some tutorials or like google like what should i prep um obviously i made a lot of mistakes here and there but apparently that song hit really good like for my first song Mm -hmm. um i got featured for spotify editorial some some playlist there so it was like it it went pretty well for the first song um and then this and then i took a i took like a like a break i guess like after that i didn't release anything and i released i know a couple months ago in may um but the thing is i'm planning like I'm trying to do batch processing so I, I finalize all the songs first and then I shoot the content first for you know several songs and then um, and then I just plan the release like for, for the whole year technically to like mm. have this is the release this is the promotions this are the content I don't want the headache at the end of the year <laughs> um, so that's kind of like how I operate um, um, so yeah so when it comes to promotional and everything else I would just make sure the song is finalized, mix and master, and make sure I have enough content for it. Um, and then, I don't want to say, like, just do what everybody else does, but uh, there's always, like, a system when it comes to, like, releasing mm-hmm. music. I think it's just a matter of um, your content, your team, and your creativity to, like, you know, put the best ads and, like, talk to press and playlist and, you know, uh, show up for, like, an interview or, like, um, I think it's as an indie, independent artist like I think it's just like about the grind to like mm-hmm. make sure your music is listened to yeah I hope that answered your questions but no that's really good I've, I'm also trying to move in that direction of just 
making a lot of content in advance so then I could just go post, post, post. Yeah, it just really reduced the headache yeah. at the end of the day, like, I think. Yeah, because if you're trying to make something, right, like, the week before you put it out, every single time you want to put something, it's, like, it's so stressful because it's, like, you always have a deadline. And um, even then, like, you know you know for sure that it's not going to happen at the deadline. Like, even I'm planning everything yeah. for the year. And then you have to, like, rush things and yeah. some things take longer. Exactly. But yeah, so that's kind of like how I operate. Um, sorry, I was just blank for a bit. <laughs> yeah, no worries. That's, yeah, that's really cool. So for those people listening right now, we met a year ago at the auditions for an artist development program called Honey Jam. It was, it was a really cool experience auditioning for that, and that's where we met. I remember uh, when we were all, when we were with the other girls and we were talking afterwards, you mentioned that you were applying for a lot of grants, and so I wanted to ask you about uh, your process applying for grants and where you look and sort of your your thoughts on grants applications because they are important for for indie artists. So yeah, a year ago, actually around that time when we met, like I was going hard on applying for grants because that was my first time, and I only had one song out. So I didn't really expect much. I think it was just like a learning opportunities for me to writing, write, you know, write for grants. Didn't hire anybody. Like I tried to do everything myself. It was before ChatGPT too. Hey, so like oh, yeah. I was doing everything in my own time. Um, but um, I didn't get any of them, unfortunately. Um, I applied for like what, six, seven grants around that summertime, which is quite a bit. And it was a lot of work. Um, my... I guess like my thoughts on grants in Canada I think based on what I see like I know a lot of people that that are getting grants or they were getting grants um, it does help it helps a lot of you know upcoming artists um, to make their art better and you know afford um, paying or delegate you know some tasks to like ex- expert um, so I think ha- having grants, I think it's really great addition for artists in Canada um, to pursue their dreams. But also, like, I've seen a lot of artists that are really dependent on grants. Um, so I have, like, some mixed feelings when it comes to grants, to be honest. Like, I don't want to create this habits or mindset that, like, oh, I'm just going to put out my grants when I sorry i'm just gonna put out my my music if i have like ten thousand dollars from the government and like please government please um help me pay my art or like you know like it feels like i'm begging just to do my art why i feel like Mm -hmm. i could you know work and get get money somewhere else to reinvest back to my art which is what i've been doing to be honest with you um so yeah i have mixed feelings when it comes to grants but it's not an easy process Mm-hmm. I don't know like what's the measurement I guess like I don't know what are they looking for um I think they're trying to be um inclusive about you know who's getting it um so yeah I have mixed feelings when it comes to grants it's both positive and negative if you don't mind me asking what has been your your um process for finding ways to fund your arts and to make it work i'm i'm really fortunate to be honest like i'm grateful uh and i because justinian you know he's my main producer uh Mm -hmm. he 
we do a lot of like the production stuff um, in house. So I'm really grateful that we can just find that you know working balance um, win win situation. Um, when it comes to like mixed and master, or sometimes just hiring like you know um, session players, session mm-hmm. musicians. Um, that's a little bit different and also like I would put uh, most of my money most of my fund would go towards the promotion aspect so it would go mm-hmm. towards the content creation the ads um, if I ever put on an ad uh, press and playlist and you know all of that um, but yeah I, I fund my music everything myself to be honest like I don't get donation I don't get grants <laughs> unfortunately uh, but yeah it's just like me having another day job um, and trying to save up for my music at the end of the day because like that this is what i want to mm-hmm. do i don't really want to work oh, for yeah. somebody else like i want to have my own thing you know yeah yeah and the nice thing about music is that everything that you put into it it or you can build upon it no it's not like it's not like you spend money on something and it's like oh i did this thing and then now it's gone and i have to start from scratch again it's like no you learn and it's an investment it is an investment and i think a lot of people are you know getting tired and maybe a lot of people are more comfortable um like they just want to have a comfortable life which is like fine you know like you make your money you go nine to five and just have like a comfortable life but like i think a true musicians or like true artists like we we just we sacrifice a lot you know to to mm. just put a part of us which is our art to the world yeah yeah, I got really lucky because I was, for my music releases, I was able to apply for a grant uh, from my school. So it was a lot easier to get than, um, you know, like SoCan grants or Ontario. So you got the grant? I did. Um, it's It's a fairly small amount, but it's enough to do the thing. For my EP, I had to invest a lot of my personal funds as well. And that was hard because I was, that was my first release. And so, like, I didn't know how much things were supposed to cost. Oh, okay. And I didn't, I didn't know how much my budget, sh- quote unquote, should be. Mm-hmm. So that was tricky to navigate. But, um, but, you know, like, again, it was a learning experience. It was a learning experience. And you know, you know for next time. Yeah. But now, now I'm graduating. So <laughs> I gotta, I gotta find other, other ways. But congrats. I mean, you'll, you'll find another oh, yeah. or fundings, you know, opportunities. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you produce anything yourself? Or is it mostly your producer that you're working with and sort of bouncing ideas off of? I co-produced um, a lot of my tracks especially the one that are upcoming. Mm. Um, yeah, I co-produced it. I think, you know, my producer is amazing. He is really creative and he. I think we work together for quite a bit. Um, so he knows, like, my tendencies are my taste. Um, yeah. But I co-produced because I am... <sighs> I'm a you little bit picky. You know, when it comes to, like, the art that I want to put out. Like, I'm a little bit picky when it comes to, like my vocals and what instruments that I want to bring to the table so I do co-produce I play keys too and you know sometimes I play mm-hmm. the bass on the keys and like I put the loop samples or like I would just ask like can we put some strings can we put some guitar I cannot play guitar but um, I would just you know bouncing ideas um, so yeah I co-produce I produce all my vocals um, so I engineer my own vocals and I learn to mix it so for the next songs like actually mix my vocals um, so yeah, I'm really hands-on when it comes to my songs. 
Very cool. That's awesome. Thank you. Something I've heard from one of my teachers is like, he's always saying to me, like, you should learn how to do it yourself. A hundred percent. Because you you know what you want. Yeah. And it's less about, you know, like having the control. It's more about like when you actually in a room with producers and engineers, then you can communicate that more effectively. And um, do you have any tips for um, making connections and finding opportunities from more of like a networking interpersonal perspective yeah oh my gosh um i think i'm actually would consider myself as an introvert um like i would <laughs> like to just be by myself you know sipping a coffee reading a book making my own music but um fortunately enough like my jobs um are pushing me to be an extrovert person like i i do events mm-hmm. a lot like entertainment events like i do like music events and like film events and stuff like that um so and music as well like as an entertainer performer like you need to be extroverted um mm-hmm. so i think when it comes to like tips you don't need to be extroverted to you know get network but i think it requires intention and um the the power to wanting to like put yourself out there and just not afraid to embarrass yourself um Mm -hmm. that's one thing that i'm i find it hard to like i guess being being embarrassed you know like when i perform or when i even you know come to like a networking um session or like networking session in, in the studio or anything like that like i think there's always this um voice in the back of my head that say like oh don't 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 look a fool you know like um make sure you know be good and be socially acceptable and stuff like that but sometimes mm-hmm. like um that would just hold me back to like not speaking my mind or like not saying that like hey i'm a, I'm a dope artist you know like check my songs on spotify i feel like it just required that confidence um to actually wanting to put yourself out there and like that's the best thing that i think every artist um can do is just think that you're dope think that you're good at what you do and you know and if you think that and i think people would believe you um Mm. i think when it comes to networking just go out there i'm in digital platform to right now right like it's not hard to just you know search a hashtag toronto's musician toronto's new r&b artist or anything um and just follow some people and dm them like i think it's just a matter of um whether you want it or not yeah Mm -hmm. Did you feel that you had to, I guess, transition into... Let me rephrase this question. Um, When I perform, I feel like I have to be something that's very different from who I am normally as a person. Not not in a bad way, but just like I have to play a different character. And um, in order to engage with the audience and be confident, so more of... I guess a soft-spoken person and I have nervous vibes which is okay there's no problem with that but when I'm performing I don't want to give off nervous vibes and so that's something I'm I guess trying to grow with and learn how to do just like figure out my performance persona and my question for you is do you feel that do you feel something similar being an introverted person if I say I'm introverted, I think everybody that knows me will tell me, like, no, you're not. <laughs> but, um, I would say that um, 
Let me try to think for this one. Um, I think personally, um, anybody like I think intelligent, you know, people in the world um, are people who are aware, and are people mm-hmm. who are um, especially socially aware. You know, when it comes to like this business, um, I don't think there is anything wrong to hop into a character um, and be in that character and portray that character. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong of being nervous as well. I think Mm -hmm. every big artist are definitely nervous before they go on tour. You know, like I feel like Ariana Grande is probably feel nervous as well. Um, And sometimes, you know, the, this is, this is what I feel like I should tell myself too. Um, It is intriguing, you know, for some people to like, see you're nervous you know as as a new young girl just start to perform i guess for the first time in in her life i think it's 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 a unique story to tell to people that oh wow she's really nervous um performing her first songs but then like you know let's watch her in three months let's watch her in a year you know like that's definitely Mm -hmm. that growth that people are waiting for and i think that creates such a good narratives so i don't think um being nervous is necessarily um, a bad thing mm. but I think it's just a matter of confidence right I think it comes back to like uh, what I said about the net- networking thing is it's just in the mind of, of I- ourselves um, I gotta repeat this to myself every time that like you're dope you wrote this song you know what's up you're gonna be good you're good you know you're not perfect make mistakes as soon as possible fail fast uh, embarrass yourself a thousand times you know, and then um, once you kind of put that in your brain and keep repeating it to yourself, then I think you start to believe that. You start to believe that, okay, I'm dope. No matter what I do tonight, if I hit some flat notes, I'm good. People will like it, you know. I think that's kind of like my motto. You know, I just need to like mm-hmm. keep reminding myself, I'm dope. I'm, I'm this shit, you know. <laughs> so like, yeah, that's kind of how I feel. I hope that answered your question. I don't know if I go in tangents, but... No, that was that was very wise. That was that was awesome. Thank you. It's always interesting for me to, I guess, hear people talk about performing and just like the whole confidence element of being a musician, because that's something that I've always struggled with. Um, just having the having the confidence to share what I'm making. So it's it's interesting to hear people's perspectives because not everyone will have issues with confidence, but they we could I think we can all still relate to that in in a way. So it's like just hearing all these different perspectives is really cool. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, also, obviously, like I think confidence is something that just not pop out of you know I want, like right now. Like I'm confident. I think it's something that you gotta build over time, and and I think it takes humility for you to understand that this is where I'm at, you know? I'm not talking to you, I'm talking in general. Oh, uh, yeah, about no, you in general. But I think, because I, ha- I will have performance um, in like three days and I'm just trying to tell this to myself uh, <laughs> that, you know what, like, this is where I'm at. I'll do what I, the best that I can. But then like, you know, in, in a year, I will definitely be so much better performance, you know, as long as I keep yeah. that going, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like right now, especially because I've been performing a lot more recently, I feel very like much like I'm in the middle of the ladder. But but then it's also like 
that means that you have the vision of where you want to be, and so you know what your goal is, and you're you're still climbing the ladder. There's still movement. You're gonna be there, you know, as long as like just yeah. just focus and and you know keep keep your eyes on the prize. Yeah, it's like we have to be okay. We have to be okay with where we're at, or else it, we will just always be discouraged because we'll always have some new goal to go towards. That's definitely my biggest struggle at first because I was um, I'm a belligerent person. Uh, that's like mm-hmm. my other traits. It's a good thing and a bad thing, I'd say, but. Um, yeah, like at first, it's it's hard for me to get you know to take criticism. Like it was it was really hard for me to be like, oh, like you think my vocal is trash or this and that. But it takes a while for me to like understand that you know what, like it's okay to be flat right now. You know, like I know like what I don't need. I know like what I shouldn't do. You know, I think that uh, it takes humility for me to to be dope. You know. Oh yeah, because it's so it's so personal. It um, is. So like hearing hearing criticism over something that you put your heart into is always so hard yeah and i feel like back back at the time like i was just resenting these people like i was like oh you're so mean or like this and that but mm-hmm. at the end of the day like they care so much more than people that clap the hardest for me you know they would they care so mm-hmm. much more about like my growth rather than people that just like oh you're so dope you're so cool like you know like i i, I just start to realizing that uh, give me more criticism give me more feedback because you actually care um, mm. of my growth yeah like they see the potential yeah yeah i also wanted to ask you about your songwriting process and what that looks like no yeah uh when i was a kid um my only instruments were my vocals and, and piano so i would write like on the spot acoustic vibe taylor swift was like one of my childhood inspiration um mm. of course she was the best songwriter at that time at least you know right now so i could say but um yeah oh when i was a kid like i was just doing acoustic piano and writing melodies and lyric on the spot uh but like right now since you know we're closer with the producer and i know how to produce now um it's either like we had some loops beats uh you know some something that start um and we would just top line on it we would just like say gibberish Mm -hmm. sing melodies and then write off of that melody and make that into a song um or we just make things from the scratch and like start from the production and then uh vibe top line on it and then um write on it uh but yeah like i do sometimes have co-writers in the room so we were just like bouncing ideas uh but i like to write by myself too like i think it's in my zone like i'm in my element when i write by myself uh but i think having co-writers in the room really helps and i'm not the best at lyrics because English is not my first language, but um, I think it's really good for somebody to like kind of correct my thoughts and my con. Like, yeah, I guess like my thoughts or like my grammar even, or how I mm. pronounce things um, on 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 the spot. You know, like I think having co-writers is definitely a beneficial thing. But I don't take away the, um, I guess like the positive thing out of writing things by myself because i'm i do com- i am comfortable writing things by myself yeah mm-hmm. yeah so it's like a mix of the two yeah and also like it's so funny because like when i put out like a demo or like when i put out like a song people would come and ask like is it based on true story or, like who is this guy and who like what happened no not really sometimes um you know the songs that i write are based on somebody else's story or like based on a character that we created in you know in the room or it's based on my true story. Um, so it's always like a mixture. Um, I make songs that are about 
you know being cheated on or cheating on somebody you know and it's not always based on true stories i think um mm. it's just the creative minds yeah when you're top lining do you have moments where you're like oh like that's that's the hook i want or like that's really catchy because i i don't know for i, I feel like i'm going through a period wh- where I, i'm just i'm like oh i want to find a good melody a good like whatever that means but it's hard to define what a good melody is. So, like, do you? Is it for you when you're when you're sort of dis, in the in the process? Mm-hmm. How do you approach writing hooks and melodies? I think um, when it comes to top line, especially with uh, my producer, we sometimes just like grab like ten beats or ten twenty beats, you know, put it in the in the project, and then just like start top lining one 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 one. Um, so it takes like you know sometimes it takes right away to find a good hook, or sometimes it takes three four different tracks to like you know find a catchy tunes um but i i i think i could like most of the time i would identify it right away i'm like oh this is amazing for a hook like let's just write on the hook right mm-hmm. away you know like i think um i think it's pretty obvious for me to identify like this is the hook or like the, i think this would be mm-hmm. good for a pre-course or anything but sometimes that's not the case sometimes i gotta listen back to it or even like re re, re- top line um and just comp it you know like at the end of the day like comping is one of the tools that we use <laughs> in mm-hmm. production so um yeah i think that's my answer i hope that answer your question no it's sorry I, the way i asked it was sort of all over the place no, but that, oh my gosh. that's a really cool idea to just use multiple tracks yeah. and have multiple shots at it yeah i guess it really takes the pressure off of it's like oh like the first time I do this it has to be perfect it's like no yeah. I have 10 other tracks yeah you have so 10 other beats off. like just keep going you know and then when you find the right moment you'll find the right moment like I don't especially when it's in the creative process like I think when you're mm-hmm. finalizing song your mind would be different but when you're like in the creative creation process like just go wild you know make some weird noises like young thug or like anybody you know <laughs> so I think yeah you released your you're single in May, and so do you have any performances or projects, releases coming up? Yeah. Like oh god, it's fun. Um, I was the first song of the year in May. I have performance um, on Saturday, July fifteenth, um, and then I'll have another one actually on July 29th. Um, it's gonna be Indonesian like food festival at Yang and Danda. So if you wanna come through, hey, come through. So yeah, that's my performance and also like I actually just posted two days ago that my next release is happening on my 24th birthday, which is in two weeks. Um, It is called Grind It. Um, It is another song that I feel like really close to my heart, but it's going to be my next release. Um, Yeah, it's in two weeks. Um, It's such a different song. Like I think it's my favorite song so far, for sure, that I've put out. I guess the reasons why because um, my previous songs were just about me being confident and sassy and um, you know knowing what I want and just being blunt but also um, but like this song Grinded especially just kind of like shown the different side of me which is like I'm still being blunt I'm still being me but also it's more soft and uh, it's about me not being afraid to crave I guess the feeling of intimacy and feeling of love and affection I think um, you know, there are a lot of like girls out there that are 
just so confident and like you know i got it all i got my shit all together but then like you know deep down like you know you want attention and affection and love and i feel like that's me right now where i'm not afraid to kind of just like say that like oh i want some intimacy you know in my life mm-hmm. um so that's grind it's happening in two weeks i'm Yay! excited so by the time this podcast episode comes out the song will be on the streaming platforms so if you are listening to this podcast pause it go stream the song <laughs> and then come back Oh my gosh, this song is really close to my heart though. Like it it it, it gone through like trials and tribunals. Um yeah, like it's really it's a I loved it. And if you don't like it, you can just skip it. It's fine. I love it. I hope you guys like it too. Um but but yeah, so like that's my next release. I do have two more that I'm planning to release this oh, year. Yay. So just keep that in mind. So like, I'm going to bring you guys to a roller coaster of emotions. And we'll have all the links in. I don't know where they will be, but wherever you would listen to the podcast, and I guess in the description of the episode, they will yeah, be there. Thank you. What about you? So- Are you releasing more? October. Oh, nice! Yes. Is it like an album or project or just a single? I have uh, two singles that I'm working on right now. Did all the recording in June and it's being mixed. We're trying to film some videos for it. Oh my god, I love and the grinding yeah. flow! Like, I love when, like, you know, I love when artists, like, care. Because there are so many artists out there that, like, don't care. They're just like, let me just put out a song and then that's it. And I'm like, but there's so much more. So much more, especially, like, if you're an independent artist. Like, there's so much more to do. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about these ones because they're, they're, like, love songs Aww, in a way. I love so, that. it's very close to my heart, literally and figuratively. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm excited. I didn't know if I would be recording this year, and it ended up working out. And oh, I'm so, happy. Yeah, looking forward to it. That's nice. Oh, look at us. Grown so fast. Like, after oh, yeah. a year, to, you know? Like, I feel like when we met, did you you had, did you have songs out? I had... I was in the process of releasing my EP. Right? So it was like, I felt just like, at the very beginning yeah, of that journey. Because I remember I felt like after that, months after that, and you were like, you were starting to, you know promoting more songs and mm-hmm. doing more performances so i was like whoa a year has gone past a, a year has passed <laughs> and here we are you know we're just growing two strong independent women uh, exactly that's oh, yeah. what we are <laughs> i have a question um back to your writing process because i'm just really interested how do you find inspiration to write about deeper things or to write i guess to write about anything um when in those moments when life feels kind of mundane and stagnant not not much is happening yeah oh my gosh that's a really good question actually um i'm such a like drama girl too so like i would just like find things like i i I never really have a writer's block to be honest with you like Mm -hmm. i would just like pull things in out of anything i've seen or like i've experienced um, I made like some joke joke. <laughs> I made some joke songs. There's this song that I really like actually. I wrote the hook. I love it. But we wanna call it Ghost Man. 
It's like Toronto slang the the men's, <laughs> but we use coast men's. Um, but no, like um, I would just pull in um stories like from from everywhere. Like I wrote songs about my coworkers' love stories. I wrote songs about mm-hmm. my exes, uh, about my my producers, like you know life experiences. Um, or even sometimes we just jump into a character and feel the beat. I guess like oh, this beat uh feels like we're in a club or we're in. The beach or anything, you know, and um, just kind of create the emotions. I think that's like mm-hmm. the power of being an artist. Like you create emotions, because like if I write a broken-hearted song, and then like in a year I'll be in a happily healthy relationship, but I still need to perform that song. You know, like you're not like my audience are not gonna expect me to break up with this person <laughs> to like perform it well. You know, like I think we we have the power as an artist to steer. And portrays the emotion as what we are intentionally wanting, wanting the audience to listen to. I think that's like mm. our biggest power to like create emotions and use it um, to make people resonate, you know, and relate. That's really cool. Thank you. So when you're beginning your journey as a singer artist, is there a resource or a piece of advice that you wish you had, or like something you learned later on that was like, oh, like if I was in that position, I was. Way back when, that would have been really helpful. Yeah, um, I don't think I have regrets, but I think I could have been a little better, maybe, or like I, I could have been more knowledgeable, I guess, if I studied jazz or even you know R and B like earlier on in life. Like I think being in a classical piano um, is great. Like it's a really good foundation, but I think growing up with that in that. Um, was not sufficient I think you know because I it creates some sort of like rules in my mind when it comes to music you mm-hmm. know like when you learn classical I have nothing you know I have there's nothing wrong with classical music but like I think this is what I learned um, it just creates some rules like what's wrong what's right like this needs you know the note needs to be perfect like I think that's what I learned in classical um, school but I feel like music is about, you know, the freedom and about um, the emotions. So mm-hmm. I wish I had that experience earlier on. Um, because even up to now, like, it's like I'm still sometimes stuck in that box where, like, I think, oh, this is wrong. This is not wrong. But there's actually nothing. There's nothing really wrong when it comes to music, you know, like it's just taste and um, emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's one thing definitely that I feel like I sh- I wish I had um, earlier on. But also I wish I had um, the people that I have right now earlier on, to be honest. Because oh, I yeah. feel like it's really <laughs> important to have a support system um, when it comes to this business. Honestly, like, yes, you can do it by yourself. It's great if you can do it by yourself. But, like, team and collaborators are, are so key, you know, when it comes mm-hmm. to music industry you cannot really do it by yourself I, like I think um, that's what I'm trying to do right now just expanding my team and like make yeah. sure everybody's got a win-win situation yeah it's funny how like it's always like you never know when you're gonna meet someone mm-hmm. and you just change your life with. we change your yeah. life sometimes you know good or bad you know people sometimes oh, yeah. change your life in a, in, a, in a drastic way <laughs> even if it's in a bad way you can Write a song about it afterwards. Yeah, of course. Write a, write a breakup song. Write a heartbreak song. That's Oh, yeah. That's what artist is about. Yeah. <laughs> Ditch this person. No, I'm kidding. I like the best kind of yeah. music are mostly like the music are like 
the, the ones that are raw you know the ones that are oh, like, yeah. so fresh and like so true you know mm. and i feel like i i really appreciate and like respect those artists that just can say it like at the end of the day music is a fantasy you know like it's like what we write in music is like fantasy and imagination yeah. you know so i feel like if you can be as raw as you can it's so like Kanye West I think you know Jail I think it's one of like my favorite songs uh, it's so honest you know I just love honesty so much <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's it's, it's funny because there's with the really really famous celebrities there's so much drama that that surrounds their art but I don't know if you feel the same way but for for me on a, a smaller scale, the only drama that is surrounding my music is my own personal connections with it. And so, especially when I'm, when enough time has passed for me to distance myself from what I wrote it about, it's just, it's like, it's like you said, it's like a fantasy. It's a story I'm telling. It's not, it's not the experience. It's, it's the story. It's the story. I, yeah, I, I think I, I, relate and resonate with that because i feel like that's what music is about like it's a story you know like it's it's, a, it's it's an art that portrays any kind of stories you know you yeah i i love music so much like i think it's such a it's a wild wild like dimension to me like you can go really wild with it you know and there's nothing wrong nothing is wrong in music you know like what's his name again tyler the creator creates like a centric experimental music that like wow what is this but also like hey like it's an art form it's a story at the end of the day so mm-hmm. yeah i love it so much yeah it's like what's the worst you can that can happen you play a wrong note the world's not gonna explode yeah <laughs> i mean it at the end of the day it comes to taste right like obviously there yeah. are like standardized like pitch and like chord progression and stuff but like it's, it comes to taste at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know? And there's always audience for things. <laughs> yeah. I like what you were saying earlier about um, just not being afraid to embarrass yourself. Yeah. Because then that's where you can take risks and make something really cool. Yeah. So last question is, do you have any music recommendations? Oh my God, I love so... M- I listen to all music, to be honest. Um... But I'm crazy right now for Money Long. I don't know if you know Money Long, um, who is my, who Money Long is, but she is an amazing songwriter, uh, R&B singer. Um, her actual name I think is Priscilla Renee. Um, she wrote for like big big celebrities before, and and now she just started to get the recognition. She um, she did the Hours and Hours song. I don't know if you ever heard it, like Hours and Hours by Money Long. Ooh, maybe. But her I'm album, not sure. yeah, it's like a really good, like it's really popular in R and B communities. Um, mm-hmm. She just won a Grammy too, after like two years of like releasing music. Oh my god, that was crazy. The thing is, like, it's not luck from like from my point of view. The fact that she won a Grammy after two years of just releasing music, I think it's not like luck. I think it's like her tenacity and um, her just skill set is insane. So money long, I listened to all the songs in the PDA album, like. Oh my god, amazing. But my favorite song would be Butterfly Effect uh, by Money Long. Because that song is just so beautiful. I think you have to listen to it. I'm going to push you to listen to it. It's such oh, yeah. a beautiful song that, that that touched me. It touches me. Like, yeah. 
I'm sorry. I'm just so excited to share it with you. Oh, no. Don't apologize. (laughs) Yeah. It's called Butterfly Effect. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so exciting. Yay. Well, thank you so much. No, thank you for having me. It was fun. I'm so glad that I was able to talk to you. Me too. It was fun. I like that we have, you know, um, I like music conversation, you know? Like, it's not. Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah. It's not like, what is it called? It's not like um, often for me to like have Mm -hmm. just like talk about like you know what i do what i do best you know and i hope you you love it too so hey thank you for yeah no i'm so happy that you're you're here happy that we were able to do this there's a lot of back and forth trying to coordinate a time that i know i'm sorry i was so bad with like just making a time but like oh me too it was like just a busy month i know it's a busy crazy year oh my god 2023 Mm -hmm. has been just a big meteorite for me but um (laughs) (laughs) but no i'm really happy that we did this finally and yeah i'm looking forward for it to release and i hope i'll see you downtown somewhere yeah for sure Thank you so much for listening to episode 6 of the Bedroom Studios podcast. Don't forget to add this podcast to your playlists and like and follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Spotify at Bedroom Studios Podcast. I will also be linking Brielle's social media in the description. You should definitely check out her music. And also follow our playlists of guest music recommendations. And I hope all of you have a wonderful day. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.